we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means, on infiltration instead of invasion, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. There is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. All right, welcome to episode 65 of the Abuse Hour. It is I, your host, Coffee Long, coming to you unsupervised, unmedicated, and an unchecked threat to society. So, for once, I'm not going to the fucking airport, and uh, I got a minute cruising around in the mobile doomsday studio to uh, give a little what for, talk about what's happening out there, and... I mean, it's just more of the the same typical weird-ass clown world shit, but there is some funny shit going on, so uh, we'll come to the funny shit, you know, forthwith. And then I thought towards the end, man, somebody had asked me about um, some thoughts on how to pack, how to packing a pack. So I thought that it might be cool to go through a little bit of um, gear considerations. Like, we had talked about this, I think, a little bit before some thoughts on on gear how to pack it and uh and so on but just a little more i don't know i want to say more some details and some generalized stuff some stuff you might find useful but first i got a good uh i got a good laugh out of last night man i saw some of this stuff with their pushing this this spending bill man trying to push this thing through dc and they're talking about like what was it like? I want to say like $40 million or some kind of thing for Ukraine. And then I think it was, I want to say like $20 million to Israel. Million. Billion. Sorry. $20 billion. So it was like $40 billion or some such to Ukraine. Uh, like $20 billion to Israel. And then finally like $14 billion to the border like oh yeah your country is being invaded and it's being actively facilitated by lots of hebrew interest groups which if you haven't seen or you're not aware or don't believe it yourself you go ahead and look so organizations like hayak hebrew immigrant aid society all of these kind of things man like it's push 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 like we need diversity bro you look up any kind of diversity anywhere and it's going to be hebrew centric like they are pushing this thing and i saw something man where was i dude i just saw this i was at uh i was at this facility where they had they had complimentary apple tv and in viewing it becomes fairly obvious why it's complimentary because like just like we say about porn right if it's free if it's something you don't have to pay for then guess what the product is you if you're not paying for it the product is you so that's definitely the case here and i saw this show called slow horses and i what like the dude that turns it on is like yeah you might think this is funny dude it's like uh some kind of espionage thing some secret agent shit and i'm like uh you know usually that stuff is sucks dick for rent money but i'll look at it i'm like yeah i'll look at it man fire it up so as soon as it comes on, it's British. So as soon as it's British, I know that I'm going to be absolutely drowning in um, practical joke diversity. And I mean, I couldn't get through one episode of this. Again, the show is called Slow Horses. And the idea of this show was that um, there's these MI5 agents, which apparently is... I guess in Limey Land in Britain, and if there's any Brit bongs listening, you, you correct any any mistakes I've got. But things there don't quite work like they do in the states. Like in Brit bong land, like you don't really have what you'd call, you know, bunny ears rights. You know, you kind of just shut the fuck up and you do as the crown dictates. So like you know, there a military can operate domestically. A police can basically just snatch you up, and their intel services, uh, you know, however you phrase that, for them, um, you've got I guess your MI5 and MI6, and I don't know if there's any others that are you know whatever. But the distinction here is that MI5 operates domestically, and MI6 operates internationally. So. 
you think of like James Bond, this is international operations and MI5, this is domestic operations. So people in the States, I guess, tend to describe it as it's like our version of the FBI. And I mean, you know, it's it's the the streams are starting to cross and the lines are starting to blur a little bit where FBI pretty much does whatever the fuck they want and, you know, drags you into some wazoo scheme to kidnap people or, you know, whatever the hell they're up to. But originally, conceptually, the idea was that these people are going to investigate crimes. And then I don't know to what degree FBI ever had prosecutorial power or if that would be referred or whatever I don't have any fucking idea but the idea here though with this show is that these are a gaggle of MI5 in their parlance agents and here again I guess it kind of warrants mentioning the difference between agent and officer so in an intelligence service like the idea behind an intelligence service if you're talking about espionage or information collection is that really you can't go and get this shit yourself dude that's sort of the point right so what some people would call like a cia agent or something this is an officer and you you're working that way because like you can't walk into whatever you know office or building or organization and get the shit yourself so you have to have an agent so an agent if think of it in terms of like the way they describe a chemical agent or a caustic agent this is something that acts to create an effect right this is something that acts on behalf of so if you're an intelligence officer you would go and try to recruit an agent and this is someone that's going to act on your behalf so if I want to know you know what kind of missiles the uh, you know Islander people of Trinidad are likely to launch at my baby food facility, you know, then I can't go in there myself, right? Because I don't look like I'm from Trinidad. I don't drink the orange drink. I don't know from... So I can't do that shit. So I have to have someone go for me and that would be my agent, right? So now we have an FBI agent and the reason they're called that is because they are the one who does the acting on behalf. Right, so you can kind of see like the subtle nuances, like the and it's it's you know in a way it's just kind of bullshit wordplay, but it does sort of I don't know like better define like what are these people's role, right? So as an intelligence officer, you're getting people to do things, you're getting other people to do things, but as an agent, like an FBI agent, law enforcement agent, you're the one actually doing something because the one you're acting on behalf of is this government agency, right? Le Bureau or whatever. So anyway, this stupid fucking show, um, (laughs) it's British, you know, and they're MI5 agents, right? Acting on behalf of the crown. And uh, of course, it's uh, like all the big fuck-ups, all the, the dirty players, all the people who are dishonest and no good and probably should just be replaced and can't quite get their shit together. Well, that's white men, of course. All white men. And um, I'm not going to get into all the fucking details of this bullshit, but long and short, you know, obviously because I didn't watch the whole thing because who the fuck wants to, but um, kind of the premise of this this miniseries deal is that there's a right-wing extremist group and they've kidnapped this poor, innocent, good-humored, upstanding, decent uh, Pakistani kid. But he was born in Britain, you know, and they're, they're, now they're making this difference between, you know, born here and born somewhere else. But Britain-born, British-born, Pakistani native, or what the fuck did they call him? Like, British-Pakistani, British-Asian man, born in London. You know, what could be more British, quintessentially British, enjoys his tea. You know, absolute horsecock, dude. Uh, but he gets kidnapped by these insane right, right-wing extremists, and they're going to cut his head off at, uh, you know, some appointed time and some appointed place and do it live on TV or some kind of shit. And, um, like, right away in this series, it kind of alludes to this fact that, like, you know, yeah, this right-wing extremist group. What did they call it, dude? Like, uh, Sons of Albion. 
So a lot of this, like a lot of this shit, like harkens back to a lot of like the legit pro-white activities that actually go on in Britain. So there was a radio channel called Radio Albion, and I don't know if the guy still does his show or what. I know he got his balls broke for a while for like inciting racial hatred or some kind of shit. But um, Sons of Albion, and so obviously they're like drawing some comparison to some shit that's actually out there. And then also there's the. Um, in real life, there was the British Nationalist Party, and in this show, they referenced, I can't remember what it was, dude, uh, like British Party of Nationals or British Patriotic Party or some kind of shit, but it very much gives you the impression that, like, look, we're drawing a little parallel. This is, you know, for the simpletons in the crowd, they could be like, well, bro, that reminds me of these guys right here, you know, like, well, oh, yeah, bro, it's just like this in real life. So the idea is, uh, you know, the story is that they're going to kidnap this, this, you know, decent, upstanding Pakistani PhD student, I shit you not, and they're going to behead him live on the YouTube. So apart from the fact that, you know, like they're completely unable to figure out where they were transmitting from or any of this shit, they just go along with this thing. And now when they show these... Uh, uh, what were these sons of Albion, right-wing extremist, racist, hateful bastards? They've got this fucking guy in an orange jumpsuit. They got a Pakistani. They got this Pakistani kid in an orange jumpsuit. He doesn't have any kind of a an Arabic accent or anything because, of course, he's born in Britain. What do you want? He's as British as, well, not me, obviously, because, you know, I'm American and white. I could never possibly be British. But this guy... Pakistani, obviously he could, right? But so they've got this kind of fucking orange jumpsuit, which again, like now when you see an orange jumpsuit, well, that's just what anybody puts anybody in when they're going to cut their head off, I guess. I mean, that's just how anyone does it, whether they're, you know, jihadis or even crazy skinheads. But now they show this group, man, and it's, it's every bit as Hollywood and canned and shit as you might imagine. It's, um, you know, the guys where they got their fucking bomber jackets on, they got their hair. One guy's got his hair all shaved all the way down and just drinking, playing video games, throwing things around their shitbox apartment. And it's complete shit. You know, like, we're going to cut this fucking guy's head off, bro. We're going to fucking show these guys. Or, or now, how, I guess, how would they say, like, we're going to cut his head off? Britain's for Britons, no one ever asked us, and it does, it makes like a few references in this thing to some, some better known kind of white activist talking points, like the we were, we were never asked type thing, like we were never asked, you know, my name's whatever the fuck that guy's name is, my name's Simon, my father's name was Simon, I'm a fishmonger, my father was a fishmonger, and back as far as I can remember, London was white, it was a white country for white people, you know, but they're like heralding back to some of these kind of things. They're like, yeah, this is just like that, bro. Like kind of in beforeing before anybody that might say like, you know, those guys actually have a point, you know, like Britain used to be a safe place to walk around. And now it's like, forget about it. It's part and parcel, right? Getting stabbed, part and parcel. What did you want? So um, they got this thing and now it comes out that like, oh, we actually have a man inside. But they don't want to tell you, you know, like which of these fake which of these skinheads is the fake skinhead right so it kind of presses on and presses on so for one it kind of raises the question that like just like that what was that like Gretchen Whitmer fake fuck kidnapping thing that they tried to float a while ago would this situation have even happened if you didn't have a man on the inside pimping it because we already know that like no, dude, white nationalist gangs don't go around kidnapping people. Like, one, we don't form gangs anyways. Is it like gang for what? Gang to sell our stolen goods? You know, gang to protect our property well, where we sell drugs? Gang to run our pimping game? We don't have fucking gangs. We have associations, you know, to which we're increasingly discouraged to foster, right? You're like, you don't have freedom of association. You have, like, who you're allowed to talk to and who you're not. You know, in this case, gang, because they kidnapped this fucking guy. And um, they're going to cut his head off. And, you know, they're all fucking simpletons and big talk and so on. So it just kind of, it, uh, you know, it sort of leads one to wonder. Like, well, wait just a minute. Like, would this shit have even happened if, you know, just like in the States, would these people have ever thought of like, well, let's go kidnap the governor of Michigan. 
No, 99.99% certain they would not have because these were yahoos. It had no agency of that kind to go and do anything like this. Like these people were broke, just trying to stay the fuck alive. And now they got this guy pouring booze down their neck and coming up with all these bright fuck ideas. And oh, surprise, surprise, he's actually our man, our man on the inside, stirring the pot. So this complete dog shit show kind of presses on and uh, it just becomes increasingly apparent that like, yeah, you know, if it was just women and people of color running literally everything in Britain, you know, or the rest of the world, that things would probably work out just fine. But, you know, you guys fuck up everything, you ruin everything, and now some woman's got to swing into action and knock people out with one punch to save the day, which, you know, I enjoy a bullshit story as much as the next man, but I mean, let's be, let's be at least remotely realistic, but, you know, whatever. Why, why go for that? Why go to that extent? I read a little bit about it later, and then some of the things that come up, and I'm going to go ahead and fucking spoil some of this shit for you, because I had to just look it up and like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what are people saying about this complete dog shit show? And um, as it turns out, you know, they uh, they spin up a whole big thing, like somehow the wheels come off of this operation, and... They've got to swing into action and rescue this kid because he turns out to be, this Pakistani kid, turns out to be the son of a Pakistani intel officer. And I'm like, okay, well, even more interesting. So in the story, it's presented as like, you know, oh, well, here's just sort of a wrinkle or here's something else that comes up. But the better question to me is like, Well, did nobody fucking have any concerns about the fact that, like, the son of an intel officer is setting up shop and has citizenship in your country? Does that not fucking ring any alarm bells anywhere? Because I'll tell you something. Getting a a security clearance in the States, you know, if you have not just family, but if you have close associations in foreign countries, they want to fucking know about it. Right. So if you have some kind of, you know, you got an uncle that owns a manufacturing facility in some foreign country, you've got uh, an aunt who's in government in some foreign country, they're going to want to fucking know. They're going to ask. And if you say yes, well, they're going to say like, well, hey, we need to we need to have a talk with you about your uncle and like. What do you talk with him about? Do you work anywhere near this industry where you might be given some kind of insider information that you might upset our capitalist, you know, apple cart? Or what if you had a relative in some kind of intelligence organization? You know, you might be living a little too close to D.C. or having a window of your apartment pointed at a direction we don't like. They would want to fucking hear about that. You know, if I married some foreign national, like, say I was one of these fucking goofballs that marries, like, uh, marries a Korean girl or uh, a Filipina, for God's sake, you know. Supposing I'm one of these guys that does that shit, and then I come back here, if it was to come out later, that like, hey, dickhead, uh, why don't you come in here? We just found out that your loving wife is actually the daughter, or even the niece, like, the niece of an intelligence officer from the Philippines or from Korea, like a Korean intelligence officer, his niece, that's who you married, there would be fucking questions. And more than likely, you know, more than likely, I would lose that security clearance because they would look at it and say, look, man, you know, we say a lot of this shit, you know, the security side or the intel side, they say, don't be talking about this shit. But... Even working overseas, you know, working around informants and shit, what you come to accept is that you tell people not to talk about that shit, but there's almost always a degree of slippage where you're going to expect people to say a thing or two, right? Like you tell this guy, man, don't say nothing. But now when you talk to him later and you're like, all right, dude, who knows that you're helping us out here? Oh, well, you know, I had to say something to my brother, you know, because if something happens to me, who will take care of my mother? Whatever the fuck, right? They always say something to somebody. So, and and, you know, in in a way, who can fucking blame them, right? Like, if you get fucking smoked, 
Like, it's not like the U.S. is going to come out and be like, hey, you know, we want to send a little secret package to do you right because your kid got, you know, got his head cut off because he was fucking stupid or some kind of shit. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that for him. You know, so these guys will, they'll, uh, they'll tell somebody, they'll tell their dad, they'll tell their brother, and that's just kind of accepted. So in the same way, if it was like you're married to some Korean broad or some Filipino broad, and then it comes out that like, yeah, dude, you know, you... I mentioned to her that I work on this project or she kind of knows I work in this industry or I work on this, you know, whatever, man, I, I'm working on a telescope that can hear through walls or some kind of shit. I don't fucking know if that's out there, but if that was what you were working on, there would be at least a small expectation that like, yeah, his old lady's got a rough idea. She don't know a lot, but she knows he works on some kind of tech shit. You know, they would expect that, but if you're married to this fucking Korean broad, the second they find out, they're like, yeah, dude, her fucking uncle is in Intel in this other country or in China, for God's sake, right? Like you would lose your fucking clearance. You would be off that project, you know? So when you hear a lot of people getting pissed off about like a Nancy Pelosi or who the fuck, well, I think it was Nancy Pelosi or somebody else, you know, some fucking dumb broad whose driver was a fucking Chinese Intel officer for 20 goddamn years. Right. Gee, I wonder if anything got compromised there. But obviously, you know, the the fucking the river don't flow both ways on that shit. And they're going to get the free pass that you most assuredly would not get. Anyway, though, so I'm looking at this fucking show and it's raising these kind of questions for me where like, you know, it's like you present this situation, but you're presenting things that one never happen in real life, like white people kidnapping and planning to behead someone on TV, shit that would never in a thousand years happen. And then two, you present shit that almost always happens, which is you open your fucking borders to people that you shouldn't be allowing in in the first place because, you know, you would certainly come down on a white man for his affiliations, but not in the same way you would come down on this guy. And then the obvious question of shit that's certainly gone on is, would this have ever happened if the fucking feds weren't involved? So I'm looking at this shit and I'm like, you know what, man, this is just like, it's too much like real life, dude. I can just turn on the fucking news and get bad news and bullshit. So, so that's what I did. And, uh, and it did not disappoint because, um, I get a look at, uh, circle jerking back to this spending bill. I mean, bro. This it's become fucking gratuitously obvious at this point. It's painfully fucking obvious that this Ukraine thing is a money laundering op, plain and fucking simple. And you've heard some people yelling about like, well, I need to know where this money goes. We need to have some kind of oversight on how this shit's getting spent and what people are doing with it. And we owe that to ourselves at least. And like... Yeah, you fucking do, man. But I mean, kind of the unspoken thing there. And I mean, you fucking tell me, man. I mean, the unspoken thing there is that it's painfully fucking obvious that this money is not going to anything that's that, you know, whatever the, the fucking uh, blue checks and Facebook filters are hoping it would go to. It's not going to buy like, you know, snacks for kids all huddled in bomb shelters like, hey, let me get you a, a fucking MRE kid. Here's a chocolate bar. Hope it'll last you for the month. Right. None of it's going for shit like that. Right. None of it's going for like, here's some guy that got snatched off the street and shoved into service. Let's get this fucking guy a fake leg. What do you say? Can we spring a couple grand? Yeah, I see helping a guy out. You know, yeah, here's a couple grand for your fake leg. But that's not where this is going. It's not where this is going at fucking all. All right. This is going to fucking Shlomo's bank. And then it's circle jerking right back so they can buy yet another in a long line of beachside villas. So I think the way that it sounds is like, you know, some of these, some of these Republicans, they are taking the time to at least, you know, I don't know. And I don't know how much this border thing, I don't know how much of this is bullshit or how much of this is just something fake to fucking fight over. But I mean, they are at least making a half a showing. But what I think is pretty fucking funny though, is that even if they're fucking faking it, you know, even if you guys are faking it, a lot of people that are rolling down there are not faking it. And that's sort of what makes me laugh is that like, well, no, man, we just wanted to stage kind of a fight over this one, you know, tiny little crossing point that we could 
put on a show and rally up some votes and get people worked into a lather over like, how I'm going to vote so fucking hard. Like, no, you're fucking not, man. But uh, it appears that like, dude, some people are taking this shit seriously and they're rolling. And, and you know, and again, rolling down there, I, I do want to circle back to this 2A shit. This idea that, you know, you're going to roll out there and you're going to make a show of force I want to reiterate that. I would reiterate it to them, but those fucking people don't listen, man. They think a piece of paper is what's going to make them American, American. And, you know, just saying that you have a Second Amendment is enough to shut people up and stop them from fucking stepping all over you. I would reiterate it to them, but they don't fucking listen, so I'll reiterate it to you. I can only say this so many fucking ways, man. That Second Amendment shit, this is like a right to possess, all right, it ain't gonna be no right to fucking uh, have in your hand to walk down the street, to threaten, to worry, to raise concern, any of that shit, man. Violence is the sole use tool of of whatever government is in charge. I mean, that is really the way that you can identify any government that is in charge by their exclusive monopoly on the tool of violence to meet their ends. All right. If you walk out there thinking that you're going to snatch up their tool and use it for your own and they're not going to do anything to you, you got another fucking thing coming, man. All right, because these cats will roll in like, you know, you roll down there with your with my rifle, with my big black rifle, and I'm going to make a show and I'm going to tell them, man, I'm going to make them see, bro, that like we're an armed country, bro, and we don't stand for it, bro. You let loose with that thing one fucking time. You see a fucking guy with MS-13 written across his fucking shirt with a, uh, with a fucking uh, U.S. sponsored and dropped off by Eric Holder M16A2 rifle coming across the Rio Grande saying out loud, I'm here to shoot Americans. If you let that fucking guy have it, the National Guard will be up your fucking ass. The U.S. government will be up your ass faster than you could say, holy shit. All right, because they don't fucking want you doing that shit. So what direction this goes or what direction it's being facilitated or to what degree this is like just to fucking set them up and knock them down type situation, I couldn't fucking say. But just like the January 6th thing, what I will say is that you got to be very fucking careful, man, because there's nothing to stop these motherfuckers from shooting you right in the neck and then pinning a medal on a guy saying, nice job neutralizing that terrorist, that insurrectionist. So to make it perfectly fucking clear for you, go ahead and train, man. Go ahead and have a gun. Go ahead and get your skills up. But whatever the fuck you do, don't put yourself into a position that you may want to walk back afterwards. If it all goes sideways and it's fucking Thunderdome out there, and what's that fucking thing that they talk about, dude? I can't remember what the fucking acronym is. It's like absence of rule of law or some kind of shit like basically the mustard is off the hot dog and the wheels are off the horse and nobody's coming to fucking help you you're on your own okay now dude if you got a run and gun and like there's not a way for you to get rolled up because there is nobody to roll you up because there is no government it's the wild fucking west Okay, well, in this situation, there's damn near nothing you can't walk back. Like, you gun some guy down trying to steal your fucking salmon. I don't fucking know. You can probably walk that shit off, dude. There's, who, who are you going to fucking call, right? There's nobody to fucking call. Apart from that, dude, don't put yourself in a fucking spot that you're going to have to walk back because there will be no fucking walking back, man. I fucking tried to hit on this. I'm beating this shit to death. All right, because, and I'll come to why in a second, but I'm beating this shit to death because like I said the last time, like the Kyle Rittenhouse example, like there is literally nobody like on video or according to the letter of the law who was more right in burning a motherfucker down than that dude was. And they still fucking charged him. So again, protect yourself at all times. So why I'm kind of beating on this so hard, man, is uh, I just saw, and I did just post a, a while ago, man, you can scroll back through and check it out if you want. There was a, uh, there was a little video that kind of outlined guns per capita in different countries around the world. And um, every country, dude, every country except the U.S. has guns per capita that is less than per 100 people. 
we're like the only country on the planet that has more guns than people. So one of the big comparisons was Yemen. And they talk about like Yemen, very martial society. All right. You got, go into any house and you pretty much ought to have an AK-47. Not you walking in, but them. You know, they're going to have an AK-47. Same thing in Iraq. And Iraq is like, Iraq's a pretty fucked up place, man. Like really anybody that kind of had their head on straight got executed. So there's a lot of stupid people walking around. But still, you walk into any house, and they're going to have an AK-47. And pretty much every house that I was ever in, it was like, unless, like, the man of the house, like, the master of the homestead is a verified fuck-up, you know, like, this guy is actively facilitating, you know, some kind of shit, then even if you roll him up, but you don't roll up his old lady, you still leave the fucking AK in the house. Like, you don't leave people defenseless, because it's fucking crazy out there. These are fucking martial societies, but they still have way less than 100 guns per 100 people. In the U.S., though, I think I think the number was like 139 for every 100. So that really is, man, that is a lot of fucking guns. And granted, there are a lot of motherfuckers that are like, yeah, I own two, three, four, five, ten guns. I can't use any of them. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can't walk across you know, a crowded room without running out of breath, but I got 25 guns, right? So yeah, there's some of that out there, but just the same, dude, it is a very fucking, how can you say, you could say martial society, but dude, this is a young country compared to all these other countries that you're talking about. Like the U S is a very fucking young country, a young culture, and it's a culture built on being a nation of ass kickers. All right. You know, you can say a lot of shit, say whatever you want. Like you look at some of these cultures that are like, honestly, they're big talk, but they're fucking douchebag cultures, dude. I mean, I'm going to come down on like the Islander culture, like especially like if you've ever been to Hawaii, like these fuckers will pitch non fucking stop about what fucking warriors we are, bro. We're a fucking warrior culture, bro, for the warriors. And, like, all these Islander deals where they do their little fucking haka dance and they stick their tongues out and they wave their fucking arms around, dude. And look back at, like, fucking World War II and the caliber of technology that people were rolling with. The idea of, like, island hopping was, like, you just fucking bounce island to island and you fucking set up shop and then you go and you try to fight my fucking enemy, usually, you know, J- Japan at the time. Uh, but nobody really ever takes into consideration the warrior cultures that were inhabiting these islands because they're a non-fucking factor. There are people that live on fucking coconuts and fucking fish. And they grow to be goddamn gigantic, which, you know, you could say like, yeah, I plays my football and I smash motherfuckers. Well, I'd smash motherfuckers too if I'm lining up across from a guy that's like half my fucking size. All right, I think I'd have a good fighting chance. But in terms of actually kicking people's asses in any kind of a fucking warrior context, these are not your motherfuckers, dude. Put a rifle in these fucking people's hands. They're not fucking slinging that lead, dude. I mean, as much time as I spent in any kind of special operations scene, uh, I can count the number of Islanders that I met. And I'm only giving that the benefit of the doubt because I can't think of one off the top of my head. That's a fucking fact. I'm sure there's probably some out there and there's a dude like, hey, bro, where you got to say that kind of thing, man? I'm not trying to come down specifically on Islanders per se. I don't really got so much beef with Islanders, but I am trying to draw kind of a comparison whereby like us in the States, we kind of look at ourselves as like, man, this is such a pussified culture, such a fucking clown show. And we do look at ourselves as like, dude, what kind of pussy ass culture has this become? And there are some things that are incredibly pussified, but bro. Go somewhere else. I shit you not. You want to talk about fucking pussified. Like, go around Europe a little bit. Go around Asia a little bit. Like, these are weak fucking people, dude. And quite honestly, man, like, you could shit quite honestly, dude. You want to fucking see people shit their pants. Who do you fucking send? You send the American military. And when you send, like, the angriest, hardest hitters of the American military, who are you fucking sending? You're sending spec ops guys, and 99.99% of those guys are fucking whitey. All right. They're dudes that look like me. They're dudes that look like you. They're dudes with a fucking axe to grind. So when we look at ourselves and we kind of think like, yeah, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting too hard. I mean, you're basically 
among the baddest motherfuckers at the trough, like kind of circling back to like the Asian tip, like you're the, you're like the smallest guy in the sumo dojo, you know, like you walk in there and these are all fucking gigantic fucking people, seven foot tall, 400 pound motherfuckers or some kind of thing. Great. You're the smallest fucking guy in there. You could look around and be like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of a puss. Yeah, but look at the competition, Holmes. Like, look at the rest of the fucking world. Like, you're among fucking hitters, dude. And for my money, that's kind of the thing in American culture is that, like, yeah, dude, we see aspects of it and we look at it and we shake our fucking heads, especially, you know, us in our circle. When we look at it, and we're like, what the fuck is going on around here? But all in all, dude, it's a hop, skip, and a fuck up away from, like, heavy hitters a go-go fucking thunderdome is welcome and the reason i bring it up man is because i saw this article on russia times where they're talking about like a uh, a, so basically the way they put it was like a civil war in the u.s within the next five to ten years is a pretty realistic possibility especially within the minds of americans and they kind of comment in this article about the idea that like Yeah, these motherfuckers have a lot of guns. It's a society built on fucking people up. And these motherfuckers are basically welcoming it. Like, they're looking around and saying, man, this government doesn't represent me. There's a lot of fucking people in this country that I don't see eye to eye with. And I ain't interested in trying to make this shit work any longer. Like, give me my fucking flannel. You take your fucking mixtape. You fuck off down the road or it's your ass. All right? And for my money, dude, I ain't going to say they're wrong. Because, dude, I look around and, like, the shit I see, like, just the shit you see in comment sections on, like, regular news sites. Like, I'm pretty much banned from commenting fucking anywhere anymore. But just this, the shit you see in regular news sites is, is like, people are talking it up. Like, yeah, let's fucking see how smart you are once the gallows get built. And these are regular people talking this shit. Just average Joes. Just like, yeah, we'll fucking see, motherfucker. So, while you could look at that and say, like, oh, yeah, big man in the comments. Yeah, you know what else that means, though, is, like... For every thousand people that will say that shit and aren't willing to do shit about it, that's also 999 people that are willing to just look the other way and go, oh, I fucking told you so. I ain't going to do it. I was just talking out of my ass. I'm not going to do it. But, but, you know, if somebody else wants to, I'll, uh, I'll bring back tacos. You know, I'll go and get tacos. You guys get this thing built and then we'll get fucking started. Okay. Call it what you will, dude. And I mean, Hey, at this point, who the fuck knows if that's like part of the master plan, like we're going to turn this whole fucking thing off and turn it back on again with people of color, brown people from everywhere acting at the behest of the fucking big nose at the top of the pyramid. I mean, that's what it should have been, dude. Like that all seeing eye should have been like the all sniffing nose. That would have been way more accurate. It would have been like just too much of a giveaway. Or somehow they should have made that eye at the top of the pyramid just a little more beady. Like it should have been a beady eye at the top of the pyramid. Like looking down on the rest of you schnooks laboring away. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get a couple bucks. I just want to get a little takeout for the fam. Sorry, go. You're going to have to make these hours. I can't just hand out free pizza to everyone, right? All right, so moving along to this question about how to pack a bag, how to pack a ruck and so on. It seems almost, uh, it seems almost silly, simple. Like if you haven't ever done this kind of thing before, you're like, pack a bag. What are you even talking about, man? But the idea here is like, how do you like, we'll start with kind of just the, the simple obvious of like, how do you pack your shit in a way that's like one, not going to kill you to carry it around because there is a difference. And then two, like let's, we'll shift into, um, how can I carry stuff on my person, you know, in a way that's efficient and useful and not going to make it so that I have shit everywhere that I'm roughly organized in some kind of a way. So before we get all the way to the, to the, I don't know, how do you say to the rucksack specific type question, we could break this down into the idea of first, second and third line. And maybe they talk about it different now. I don't know. I doubt that. But what we're talking about here is kind of prioritizing the shit that you have on you. So first, second, and third line. First line is the stuff that's actually physically on you, right, that you're not going to be taking off. Like the stuff, if you were trying to get naked, take a shower or something, then this would be the stuff that comes off last, like hooked to your clothing, hooked to a belt, wrapped around your body, some kind of a thing, like on you. Make sense? Second line would be something like, so you could think of it like a jacket, like stuff that you could put on or take off. So something that would fall into this category would be something more like, uh, like body armor, like a plate carrier, like, uh, like, uh, 
chest rig or this kind of thing, something that you could put stuff in, something that you're gonna be wearing around, but something that you can quickly take off if you needed to. And then lastly would be third line, and this would be more like a rucksack, backpack type of a thing. So looking at stuff that is first line, second line, third line, the way that you could think of this is like, what's the quickest, easiest shit to get on? What's the quickest, what's the most important shit that you absolutely do not want to lose? All right, so this would be your first line stuff. So in a normal everyday setting, and not talking about like operator type shit or nothing, man, just like in an ordinary everyday setting, the way you could think of your first line stuff would be like your belt, your wallet, your keys, right? This is shit that you absolutely must have. Your phone, yeah, first line stuff. So you want to think about putting this kind of stuff in a way that is not going to fall out if, say, you get chucked out of a car, is not going to get crushed if you fall on your ass. So like putting stuff in your back pocket, that's like a good way for your stuff to get crushed and is easy to get to if you need it. And that can be depending, you know, on like if you've got, I don't know, one of these deals, I don't know if you've seen these deals. It's like a, kind of a spandex thing with Velcro on it that you can wrap around. It sort of works like a girdle, yeah? And you can put anything in there from like comms to, um, you know, like a little extra money if you were for some reason going to Mexico, which I wouldn't recommend. But, you know, you, you can do do you, baby. Do whatever you want. You know, in that sense, you can have something that is a little harder to get to, but definitely not going to get away from you. And even in that case, like if you get searched by, you know, John Law or by some third world law enforcement type thing, they're probably not going to find it. Another slick kind of a thing that I have seen is uh, a deal called Thunderwear. And this was originally designed as a holster that would sit like right over your nuts. So it's like, it's sort of like underwear or almost like a jock strap, but that you can put shit in. So like a lot of dudes, a lot of, I won't say a lot of dudes, I have seen dudes carry like a pistol in there. Or you could also put other shit in there, like shit you absolutely don't want to lose, or like some extra money, an extra ID, whatever the fuck, if you think you're going to get shaken down. But so this is the kind of thing that you can uh, you can kind of think through on, like, where can I put shit? How can I do this, you know? In terms of um, what dudes talk about operationally as like an everyday carry type situation, when you're talking about everyday carry, usually people are talking about like some manner of weaponry or some kind of like, what do you have in your pocket every day? Like a knife or a gun or what, dude? Uh, I'll tell you straight, man. Like I don't carry a gun every day because one, my first line of defense is not going anywhere where I'm going to have to fucking use a gun. And if I get into a tight spot, my, my first course of action is going to be to leave that situation to get the fuck out of Dodge. So if I go nice places and I stay in nice places, like the only way that I'm going to really run into something that's like a no shit, oh fuck, violent altercation is going to be like some kind of insane mass shooting event, in which case like you're as likely, you know, if somebody responds, you know, they're as likely to mistake you for part of the aggressor party as they are somebody else. So like, say you're I don't know what, at the fucking Renaissance Hotel or you're at the fucking grocery store and something gets fucking crazy and somebody starts shooting, they shoot in and now you, instead of hauling ass, you decide like, no way, I'm Johnny Combat, I'm going to fucking whip out my piece and start getting it on. If this goes on for any length of time or God forbid there's like a cop right there on the scene and now here's you with a pistol out, all right, understand, they're going to look and they're going to just see you like there was shooting, there's a guy with a pistol, he's not a cop, I'm going to shoot him. Now you're getting shot at by like the guys you were shooting at plus the cops. So you're in an even worse spot. So again, the mindset here is like first line of defense, just don't go to those places. Second line of defense, be the fuck out of Dodge if shit gets weird. All right now you might think of like, bro, that's not like, doesn't sound like operator mindset. That's not ass kicker mindset, bro. That's stay alive mindset. I don't try to stay in fights that I didn't start. If I'm going to go to kick ass right? Then that's a fight I start. Well, then yeah, I'm going to fuck somebody up, but I'm not going to come light with no fucking pistol. All right. So again, like think this, this shit through, like, what are you trying to accomplish, man? You cannot walk around and be big dick in every room you walk into. The idea here is you like, you walk in, if it gets weird, just be able to walk out again, dude. Easy day. So in terms of, uh, shit I will have though, dude, I'll try to have a knife all the time. You know, if I'm leaving the pad, you know, it's just a nice to have, dude. If somebody does roll right up and like, hey, fuck stick, give me your money. 
okay, well there, now, it's, that's like the one situation where I could go, yes, this is a situation I want a weapon, and really put the wood to somebody, and then do what? Haul ass, right? Easy. But I like to have a knife with, um, and then if like, if I'm, I'll have a pistol, like if I'm going somewhere way far, I got to drive through places I'm not familiar with, do something, I, you know, I got to go somewhere, I don't know what goes on around here. And, you know, like, that's, like, almost the default position now where you got to be like, dude, I don't always know what goes on around if i got to go somewhere unfamiliar because we're rapidly approaching Blade Runner-type situation. But in any case, um, before I move on with that, I will say, like, you know, obey all local laws, federal and state and so on. And, um, you know, if you shouldn't be carrying concealed or you're not authorized or you're a fucking felon, uh, you know... Follow the laws, ladies and gents, do the right thing, play ball, all that shit. But uh, if you are going to carry concealed and you can carry concealed, put that shit somewhere convenient and practice with it so you can get it out. Because the last thing you want is like if you're in an absolute oh shit type deal and now here's you fumble fucking with your shirt, like accidentally shoot yourself in the nuts or something crazy, that doesn't do anybody any good, right? Now you're just creating more problems. Somebody's got to patch your dumb ass up. So, you know, get used to what you like to carry, where you like to carry it, and be good at having that thing out when you need to, all right? And again, you don't put a hammer in your hand if you're not going to drive nails. So you keep that thing out of sight, out of mind, unless you absolutely must use it. So it's a fine line to walk, again, but the idea here is to keep you off the radar and out of the hot seat if you don't need to be there. All right, so moving along on this first line carry type thing, um... I always make a point of putting shit in the same place, and I'll tell you why. I think I told this story on a previous podcast, but I can't remember if you heard it again. You get to hear it another time. So um, I was in this, I was in this location, and I was doing this low vis thing. And the idea was that we were supposed to go meet with some guys at a, at an after hours in the dark type spot. So we go to this place, and it's a pretty shady fucking place. And while we're there this fight breaks out between these two rival gangs and not like proper gangs like you know I don't know like some kind of 50s fucking popped collar weird shit and not like some Crips and Bloods type shit but really like some just local shithead factions and they start beating on each other and I'm like alright fuck this I'm out and um, while we're heading for the car I hear what to me sounds like gunshots at the time so I hear like pop pop and I'm like woof and I got a gun out like straight away and I'm like, you know, and as I'm pulling this gun out, I realize that, well, no, it wasn't actually gunshots. It wasn't loud enough. It was, I look around and there's broken glass and like, okay, it was probably just like somebody was throwing full beers at somebody else. And I hear this pop, pop and I'm like, okay, immediate gun out. But the problem I have now is that I've got my gun out and I don't want to take time to fuck around and try to get it back in my pants, right? I want to try to just get the fuck out of Dodge. So I got this pistol in my hand and I'm heading to the car. But now as I'm heading to the car, I realize that my keys are in my right front pocket. So now I am fumble fucking and like, and I'm juggling gun hand to hand, which, you know, mind you, like you say, like, how fucking hard is this? Put your gun in your other hand for two seconds, dipshit. All right, it's not hard, but like I've talked about before, man, when the stress goes up, those fine motor skills go to shit. So you got to think carefully and like carefully put the gun in your other hand. Don't put your finger on the trigger. Don't drop the fucking thing. All right, don't make it fucking weird. Just get it over there. Get your hand in your pocket. Get your fucking keys. All right, but this is a lot of extra steps, you know, that could have been trimmed down to like, oh, just reach in your pocket if you had thought ahead a little bit. So the idea here, what I'm driving at, is that think through, like, if I've got my pistol here, if I've got my keys stored here, if I've got my phone over there, think through, like, what if I got to pull this shit out? What if I drop it? What if it's dark? What if, what if, what if? All right, so if I was smart, I would have my gun in my right hand. Now I can reach into my left front pocket, pull out my keys, get in the car and get the fuck out of Dodge without burning through a few seconds of like, oh, where's my shit? Where do I put? How do I sit? You know, it just saves me a little fucking time. And, you know, while you might say like, man, two seconds, three seconds, what the fuck's a big deal about two seconds, three seconds? I'll tell you what, man, I will um, start shooting at you and you run for that corner or I can give you a two to three second head start. Do you want the head start? Bet your fucking ass you want the head start. So, you know, every second counts, man. 
Moving on then, uh, second line. This is sort of, you know, for an everyday type situation, this is sort of like, um, it almost skips between second line and third line, or am I going to actually have a third line, or am I going to actually have a second line, or exactly what are you doing here? But um, when we're talking about like third line, this is like the difference between like chest rig, like just something to put your mags in and out of, or are you wearing like a proper holster that's attached to your first line, or is it attached to like some kind of rig you've got put together, or are you wearing a plate carrier, or exactly what? So I heard a debate uh, the other day, not like a proper debate, but just some guys talking through some ideas on a show called AKs and Assholes. And it really is like it's just some guys, like some shooting guys, and they talk through some gear ideas, they talk through some shit they heard, and it's it ain't bad, it ain't a bad show, it's not our guys or anything, but um, they talk through some stuff, and guys talking about the difference between, you know, like a chest rig and like a proper body armor type situation. So what you got to think through, man, is the idea that an engagement or a situation, it might run on a whole lot longer than a few minutes or a few hours. This shit can run into fucking days, dude. And you got to think through like, what am I going to be doing? If I'm going to be in a kind of a stationary spot, or I know for sure I'm going to have a vehicle, then sure, man, come heavy, dude, jock all that shit up. What I will say though, is if you're not used to walking around in body armor, you got to fucking, like, if you got body armor and you plan to, you know, you know, shit, it's the fan, whatever, no rule at all, whatever, you know, you think you might want to roll with this shit, put that shit on for a day, dude, cruise around the house with it, man, go for a walk with it, all right, it's your fucking, it's your body armor, it's your body, it's armoring, you know, try that shit out. Um, what you'll find is for one, like a lot of gear, body armor included, chest rig, whatever, dude, a lot of this shit, when you have it loaded up, it will not ride the same as when, um, you just try it on, you know, like right out of the box or some shit. So some parts of it will stretch slightly. Some of it'll sag different directions. You got to tighten it up, loosen it up. You're constantly going to be fucking with it. But the other concern, man, is that like, what if I got this on for three fucking days? So, like, what if you got it on for three days and now you take it off and, like, you're using it to sleep on or some shit? But now what if, kaboom, you hear the door kick open downstairs or some shit and you got to haul ass? Is this something that you won't have time to grab? Uh, is it something you're going to sleep with one arm through? Is it something that you can leave behind? If it's something you're going to leave behind, where are you going to have your other shit? How are you going to rig this up? You got to think through this shit. Because when shit gets sideways, dude, like the first time I ever got shot at, I didn't have fucking anything on, man. We were on like this long-term Overwatch deal, and it was only like a couple rounds through the window, but it was like, shoop, and you're like, oh, fuck, and you're hugging the fucking linoleum, and like, where's my shit? It's over there, dude. Like, I got my fucking gun, and I got some mags on me, but like, where's the rest of my shit? It's over there. Okay, it makes you think through like, okay, dude, how would I have done this better? All right, so if you got to drop something like, you know, if you're if you're an old dude, like if you're an old fucker like me, dude, what if uh, what if your back is all fucked up? Can I keep body armor on for three days? Like now, still maybe, but I won't be happy about it, right? Um, there's some rigs I've seen where it's like you can slip body armor into the front of this chest rig and then you've got some kind of a backpack situation where you can put a, a back plate in the backpack. Are you going to do that? Okay. Are you going to be comfortable ditching this backpack at some point? Like what if it becomes a deal where like you had a bunch of food and water in there and maybe a warmy, but now it's a million fucking degrees and you ate all your food and drank all your water. Why do I have this fucking backpack? I'm just carrying around a big fucking backpack for no reason except that my backplate is in it. Do you want to ditch that bag and that backplate? All right. If it's like two days walk to the next town, there's a place in the middle to get some water. Maybe you gut it out. Maybe this fucking, these plates are a little more, you're, you know, you're, maybe you're going to go tits up. Your call, dude. But the, this is all shit to think through, man. And honestly, this is shit you want to think through now as opposed to like when you're gutting it out. Dude, I've, I've seen two dudes have a heat stroke. It doesn't look that fucking cool to me. So like this is the kind of shit that I will think through and like, all right, dude, if I got this much room, I got this much water, 
Here's how my shit is. If it gets fucking weird, here's the shit I'm going to drop. Something that, you know, nah, don't take coffee's fucking word for it. I'm an idiot. But if you want to take some other dudes' word for it, there's two books I will recommend. Bravo 2-0, and this is how old I fucking am. Like, when I came through training, this was like some gospel shit. Like, read this shit, bro. Bravo 2-0 and The One That Got Away. Both of these are about a couple, well, a couple. Both of these are about an SAS patrol that got inserted in Iraq, like, back in the day, like, uh, desert fucking storm type shit. And to kind of show you how much shit has evolved, like, they inserted and they didn't have comms. So that immediately should have been like, you didn't have comms, like, you have no way to call for help. And again, like this, you could say, like, doesn't that kind of contradict, like, you're always saying, like, fuck comms? Like, yeah, because who do you have to fucking talk to? Like, if you don't have friends to fucking call, like, I don't have any fucking friends to call. Like, what the fuck good is that, dude? Who am I going to fucking radio to? Not anybody. So if I'm inserting, like, the fuck out of my house because I'm on the run, hard and raw, no regard for the law, like, what am I going to do with a fucking comms check, you know? Like, check to myself, okay? Who gives you shit? I digress. So this Bravo 2-0, this, uh, this SAS patrol, these guys insert, they don't get comms. They fucking press on anyways, Right, so they press on, they go do some kind of thing. I don't remember what the op was, but it gets all fucked up, and these guys end up on E and E, and their E and E escape and evade plan. It was to walk to fucking Syria. That's your fucking plan? Like that's a fucking dog shit plan, man. But uh, you hear out, you know, when you read through like how it all went, like the guys, like a bunch of guys got hemmed up, some guys got killed, some guys got caught. It didn't sound like it was cool getting caught by Iraqis. Um, and then one guy, guy that wrote the book, the one that got away, this dude, um, this dude basically, he talked through the shit that he did. And it was like, as an operator, there's all this shit you hear about, like, always do this shit, never do that shit, especially like growing up under the Vietnam guys and a few guys that had done shit during, um, during like that first Iran, Iran, fucking Iraq deal. I actually had a chance to talk to one guy that was on the, uh, the desert Eagle. What's it called? Fucking Eagle, Eagle one or desert, desert one. I think it was trying to go get the fucking, uh, Iran hostage situation, man. And, uh, fucking plane crashed. So yeah, like a bunch of guys got dead. I got a chance to talk to this guy and this guy was like Mark one motto eighties operator, dude. Like jacked as fuck. Like, I think he was older then than I am now. Like this motherfucker was old and he was jacked as fuck. Like the guy might've been on the juice even when I met him, but like, uh, you could just kind of like, you could just kind of tell like, this is one of these fucking genetic specimens, like one of these weird ass freak motherfuckers. That's like, this guy is not built like the others, man. Like this dude, like this dude's fucking something special. Even his fucking mustache was something special. It was, it was a fucking trip. But this guy was talking about how they had their shit rigged up. And I mean, just, just kind of the, the line of thinking between then and now, like it was very much like in the eighties and nineties, it was like, nobody fucking comes close, dude. You're a first world operator. Nobody's fucking holding a candle to you. Like all of this contingency thinking about, bro, what if I have to drop this shit and run? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I have to change how my gear's set up? Like, they're not thinking of that shit, man. It's totally like, yeah, man, I'm just here to fuck people up, and then I'm going home. Then I'm going to go to the gym, and then I'm going to drink 12 beers in a row. It's It was a fucking trip, dude. But um, So, yeah, as second-line shit goes, that's kind of a consideration. And, again, like, think through, like I kind of mentioned before, like, what is your probable situation? And like that shit could change from time to time, dude. Like if you think John Law is going to come to your house and break your nuts over a meme, then maybe that means you got to be on the run. If you think that uh, Dirty Black Summer Part 2 is headed your way specifically, then maybe that means stack sandbags and get ready to stack bodies. I don't fucking know. But what I'm getting at here is the idea that like think of what your situation might be. Is it I got to stand fast? Is it I got to be in the car? rolling and adjusting as I go is it I gotta walk it the fuck off like it's fucking zombie doomsday and I gotta get the fuck out of dodge so whatever your situation might be man um don't be scared to fumble fuck with your gear try it out a little bit walk it off a little bit see what it does see how it feels man and um decide accordingly last on the on the list then I want to talk through like the third line type situation that would be like your extra shit your nice to have shit 
uh, stuff that would go in a backpack or a rucksack, this kind of thing. So in this kind of thing, this is usually stuff that if the shooting starts, that you can drop this shit and haul ass. All right, like I ain't going to need three days of water and MREs if I'm going to get dead right now. I'm fucking dropping this shit, all right? If it's like a bunch of radio batteries, you know, for some fucking recon thing for the next two days, that don't help me if I get dead right now. Fuck this, I'm dropping this shit and I'm hauling ass. So this is the stuff that would go on your third line, man. It's shit you need, but it's not shit you can't live without. So like your warmies, um, dude, when you're talking about extra clothes, man, fuck extra clothes, dude. Maybe an extra t-shirt and some fucking socks, dude. Socks are key, but you can get by a long goddamn time on two pairs of socks. Uh, you can tie that shit. Like if you're moving through the swamp, dude, I did a thing in Louisiana once and it fucking sucked, but, um, you can do it on two sets of socks. And the idea is you tie that shit to the outside of your, of your pack all right, and mind you, like tie this shit, like tie the ends of the socks together, not the foot part, like a fucking asshole where it's going to take forever to dry, but tie the top end of the socks together and then loop that shit through some part of your pack so it could be out there in the air and it could dry out a little bit. And then while you're walking around on these other socks, your feet could be nice and dry. And then, you know, when those get wet or shitty or sweaty, you change them out with the ones that you've been airing out this whole time. Apart from that, man, I will preempt a lot of this and say that I don't subscribe to having a lot of shit on the outside of your pack. If you're moving through like uh, areas with like, especially, dude, if you look at like barbed wire or a lot of tree branches or shit like this, anything that can snag you up and get stuck on the wait a minute bush, it will fucking do it, man. And what's even worse, you want to piss your friends off, like go ahead and get snagged on the wait a minute bush and walk by and then let that shit like zing, like slip and slap and fucking whack him right in the face. Like you'll hear a motherfucker like, God damn it. And like, it's, it's called jungle courtesy, man. When you walk by something and you feel that, that branch pushing against you, take your little hand and let that thing go slowly. So it doesn't whack your friend in the fucking mug. If you find yourself moving through, you know, a wooded area, that's well and good or through my jungle. I don't know where the fuck that would be. You know, where, how, how the fuck far are you running? But, um, there's probably some urban situations where that shit could do the same thing. Like, give a heads up to the guy behind you if you're moving through some shit. Like, hey, watch out, man. There's fucking broken glass or there's some shit right here or whatever the fuck. That kind of thing. It goes a long way. But back to third line. So um, in your pack, dude, uh, kind of the general way to do this is put the light shit, the light shit, like the big kind of, I want to say bulky, but lighter shit on the bottom. So you think of something like a sleeping bag. Don't bring no fucking sleeping bag. All right. This isn't fucking amateur night, but if you have something with some bulk to it, that's light, put that shit on the bottom and then you want the heavier shit up top. So just like, imagine you're doing squats. When you get that bar off the rack, you want it up there on your shoulders, man. Like you don't want that shit halfway down your fucking back, right? You don't want it hanging around your ass. I will tell you like, I learned this shit the hardest possible way. Like when I did this, they, they wouldn't tell you like motherfuckers would not tell you like, all right, dickheads, this is the way to pack your pack. Like they just like, here's the shit you need. Put it in a bag. Let's go. So I didn't know any goddamn better. And this is way the fuck back when, before they give you any nice Gucci gear. And they used to give us like these two quart canteen deals. They're like, yeah, just make sure you tape those up. Cause they'll bust open. Like that's as much gouge as they give you. Or guys would have like these big ass two liter soda bottles, but you just like throw that shit in the bottom of a big ass rucksack and you're walking around. You're like, what's the fucking difference? I don't know, dude. It's a big goddamn difference. You'll be walking around looking like you should be on a fucking walker. You will be hating life. So you want the weight up at the top of your shoulders, man. You want that shit balanced over top of you. Now, if shit gets weird, all right, you might have to test fire this shit a little bit because if shit gets weird, you got to run, you got to get behind cover. If you got to run and duck and dip and dodge and dive at all, like you can put yourself in a spot where that shit's like, Dun-dun! like going over the top of your head, right? You don't want that. You go to get down. It's like, whack, smacks you right in the back of your noodle. That's not a good time either. That fucking sucks. All right. So, you know, walk through the shit a little bit, like figure out how the shit's going to ride, where it's going to sit. If you got to affix heavy shit to the inside of the bag, that's okay too, man. Like work through this shit, see how it fucking flies for you. Um, the other thing I'll say is like, see what, as far as picking out a pack, I will say that if you hear the saying I always heard was if you bring a bag, you'll fill it. 
So start with something fucking small, dude. Dude, I have so many fucking bags. I got to have like seven fucking packs at least. All right. And it's because every time I I was ever going to go do something, I'm going to start with the smallest possible thing. If it looks like I'm carrying a fucking purse, if I can go on the op with a purse, I'll go with a fucking purse and I'll be happy about it. If I got to size up, then I'll size up. And if I got to size up from there, I'll size up from there. You don't want to put yourself in a spot where it's like travel light freeze at night. Like if you need some shit, bring some shit. All right. If you got to size up slightly on a bag, then do that shit. But if you start with the giant fucking pack, you'll fill that fucking thing. You'll be like, oh, look, I got room right here. I'll bring some extra water. I'll bring a change of fucking pants. I'll bring some boots in case these, you know, don't look stylish or some kind of shit. But that's not really how you want to go around, man. So load your shit up where the weight sits at the top of your fucking shoulders and get comfortable with the idea of like one, the chest strap and two, the waist strap. So get that thing rigged so the weight sits ideally on your hips, dude. Because if you're not using that waist strap, and sometimes it takes a little fucking around and a little like finagling and wiggling to get it to sit nice. But bro, you can walk fucking miles with a lot of weight if you get it sitting right. And I mean, I've seen like little skinny dudes like just fucking hustling because they got their shit rigged up right. And then some big horse looking motherfucker that's like, oh, I'm fucking dying. Like, dude, look at your shit. You're not even using a fucking waist strap. You're not fucking, you, your shit's loaded up all clunky. So get it rigged up nice and tight, nice and high. Use that fucking waist strap. Use that fucking shoulder strap if you can. Don't have that thing. Don't have a, a chest strap cinched down to where you can't goddamn breathe. You won't like that either. But, you know, practice with your shit. Practice with your gear. And, you know, you take care of your gear. It'll take care of you. So with that, man, I guess I will wrap it up. Oh, the other, the only other thing I wanted to add, dude, that I thought was fucking hilarious. And I just, just saw before I started recording this. Was there's this deal, there's a there's a Twitter account called, well, I haven't seen the whole fucking account, I've only seen a couple posts, but it's called Dignify, and the I is like AI, so Dignif AI, so Dignify, right? And the idea here is that it'll it'll take pictures of whorish women, and you could put clothes on them. So you could put clothes on them and remove their tattoos. It's fucking terrific, man, and I've seen a few posts where... These broads are like, blocked, you fucking asshole, you fucking... Because there's like nothing worse than like the only thing that these women see themselves as valuable for. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm not interested in that shit. Take that out of here. Like, they go fucking bananas. I saw another where uh, somebody... I don't know how they did it or if it was like an AI deal or what, man. But like this woman with her mud puppet and... Uh, they, they like put it through the AI thing and made it so it comes out as like there's this white woman holding a white baby and, and now you know like now you have no reason to advertise on Tinder like you can get the fuck off of there go be respectable someplace but I thought that was fucking hilarious man so dude if you have access to any of that like feel free to like do some shit up and put it in the chat because I think it's fucking comedy gold dude and um, yeah and do post some of the results if you get any play off of it good times good times but for now, I'm going to duck out, man. I think I'm going to go try to buy some extra sticky tape and do some shit with it. And um, until next time, man, feel free to leave this shit where uh, somebody could find it and share these ideas wherever you can. Because like we always say, the world needs more people like us. If you want to hassle me, I'm on uh, I'm on the Twitter at CoffeeLong14. I'm on the, uh, the Telegram at, uh, I want to say coffee.long and, uh, or the abuse hour and, uh, you know, accompanying chat. But until next time, man, keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your neck out of the noose. I have been coffee and these are my takes.